Hey you, yee you, click the subscribe button. You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast starring Uche and QDZ. Yo, 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 yo,
I give that title about a C to a D. I, I, matter of fact, you know what? I, I have a major pet peeve with the album title. He did not put an apostrophe in the S. Do you see that? It just says that's uh, what they all say when it should be that's with an apostrophe because that is what they all say. Oh, okay. Okay, English major. Nobody cares about that except for you. However, uh, if I'm just grading the title, eh, it's a little, it's a little average. I, I'm with you on that. Like it's, it's about a C. It's a little, it's about a C. Like it just strikes me as like this adolescent phrase. Like who the fuck says that anymore? Who says that? <laughs> like I feel like we said that when we was in high school and shit. And then, uh, that's what they all say. Like nobody talks like that anymore, right? Well, that, I- is it is is that trying to insinuate that he's cool? Like, that's what they all say, that I'm cocky. That's what they all say, that I'm the coolest person on the planet. Like, what is he trying to say in that title? You tell me. I'm not I'm not hit to the what the, 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 the Generation Zers are talking about. Like, enlighten us, please. Well, if you guys have insight out there, because I need to be enlightened as well, drop a comment on social media, drop a comment wherever you're listening to this, and let us know what the hell that title is all about. Going on to the actual album cover, though, hmm, this is what stirred up a lot of controversy, didn't it? Uh, Jack Harlow is sitting in the back of what looks like um, some, a very expensive whip. You feel me? It's a very expensive car. He's signing autographs for a bunch of black kids, and he has a uh, voluptuous woman. White kid there. And there's like one, there's one white kid, the white kid named Hunter that was there. There was a whole bunch of uh, Jalen's and and uh, wait, Hunter, 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 there was Hunter's Hunter or Cooper, which one? There was a (laughs) yeah, I think I think that white kid's name was Cooper, bro. Like for real, Cooper Cup, weird name, but anyway, long story short. Uh, but yeah, he was sitting next to a voluptuous woman with her leg on him. She looked like a black woman. If I'm just going based off her leg, a lot of people had some issues with that. Um, personally, I thought it was a cool cover. I'm not. I see what people are getting at. I see the uh, the 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 appropriation. It seems onto what the imagery of that title looks like. I get it, guys. I get it. And I'm actually with the uproar. Um. But it to me, it just was a cool cover. What do you what do you think about the cover, man? What do you think? Did it did it rub you the wrong way? Um, you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I thought it was a pretty cool cover. I thought it was a high quality cover. The cover was in four K. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I just thought it was cool. I mean, but I, I I see what the uproar is about. It's like this dude is openly admitting that he. Uh, likes black women um, that, you know, his audience and people that care about him happen to be black people also. And he happens to be a white person. So I can see, I mean, I don't understand why there's a problem there, but um, I can see why that would make people uncomfortable. But for me, I I thought it was a pretty cool cover. I I thought it was more so he was acknowledging uh, both races that he's a, a dude that like, you know, cares about both races, but hey, Whatever. I don't know. Who knows, man? This is our this is our mature. This is our mature take. This is, this is the mature opinion about it. And, you know, I'm gonna keep it at that. So let's jump right into the music, though, because we got another conversation we want to bring up right after the review of this uh, this project.
But um, like I said, Jack Harlow, he dropped his new, I, I would suppose this is his debut. I'm not mad at him calling this his debut because he dropped one other EP, which was very short at the top of this year, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I didn't really prefer it. It wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it was cool. It was very forgettable. This album, however, and I'll start out, if you don't okay. mind. Okay. This album to me was very complete. I liked the album. I enjoyed the album. It was an easy listen. It uh, it had a lot of bops, as as we've come to expect from uh, from Jack Harlow. And uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I that I found about Jack Harlow is his effortless ability to rap, bro. Like he has this way with words. If you notice, like when he's rapping. He's always he's always trying to find a way to say euro your euro zero like it's like his his slang I, I I don't know if that's a Kentucky thing but it sounds pretty damn cool on these songs I'm not gonna lie like did you pick up on that have you have you noticed that Q I mean I don't know what the hell you're talking about but all right because uh, I'm crazy I'm crazy I listen I listen to uh the, what the, the smallest things what but euros zeros feroes no. uh maca 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 lero he's always trying to say euro it's like something that ends it the, he got a song called tyler hero like he the whole song he's literally re- the end of the line is euro euro, like, euro just go back and listen that's all i ask that's all i ask you don't know what i'm talking about just go back and ask i digress uh we get into some of the music and to be like i said i I really think the album is is pretty good man like you know rendezvous it starts out with the sorry the album starts out with the song called rendezvous which i think is pretty it's a pretty good intro and uh it kind of sets the stage for him talking his shit with little baby on face face in my city and then i think the next couple songs are really introspective 21c delta he was giving me drake vibes you know he was giving me like the, the introspection that I think I'm always looking for when it comes to new artists, first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? Like, who are you? That's, that's who I, I like to, I like to be able to answer that question when I'm listening to a dude who I've never heard before. So if you're somebody who's never heard Jack Harlow, you're going to be, I think you're going to be able to answer the question, who the fuck is Jack Harlow off of the, the, the listen of this album. Some of the best songs on this project to me are Funny Seeing You Here, Love That Joint, Love The Instrumental, Love uh, uh, Already Best Friends With Chris Brown, Love Keep It Light, Love Cream, Love The Joint With Adam Levine, my guy, same same guy. Like he got some joints on here to me that uh, are musically speaking are very good. Melody Driven, he gave you a little singing the production throughout this album is one of the highlights that I would say needs to be needs to be acknowledged to me. Um, Hit Boy did a phenomenal job with this with the songs that he did. Even Jetson Jetson made it, bro. What what's the name of that song? Is it the one with um Adam Levine, where they had like the orchestra? Incredible production, incredible orchestrated song to me. I love that song a lot. Um, Yo, I'm going to be real. I don't have a lot of negatives to say about this project. Like, I think the album was good. You know, it, it, he he gave us the rapping, the, the swag rap in which he, he's done before with uh, What's Poppin'. 
He's given us, he gave us a couple joints where he was introspective, you know? He even gave us on the last song, not the What's Poppin' remix, but the real last song to me, which is called uh, Baxter Avenue. He even gave us like some vulnerability that I don't even think people even was going to expect from him. He was talking about how he doesn't feel comfortable being the voice of like black people. Like he was talking about, yo, I don't really feel comfortable in this position that I'm that I'm being put in because I can't relate. Our upbringings are much different. I like the human aspect of of, of this guy. I like I like where he's coming from. I like the mentality. But I do see how people can have an issue with Jack Harlow in his whole presentation. And we're going to get into that combo. Like I said, I'm teasing that a bit. We're going to get into that on the next topic. But Q, I want to um, actually, I'm going to give this, if I were to grade this album, I would, I would give this album about a B, B minus. It's about a B minus project to me. Like it, it's very strong musically. Uh, and it got some joints on there that really can, uh, can slap in the club. You feel me? So wh- what would you say is your take on this project interesting <clears throat> very very interesting take that you took um i could see you going that way uh you know let, can we rewind can we go back into the ill-advised wise guys vault just so i can hit you with a, a i told you so remember when he dropped What's Poppin', and I came on the show and I said, What's Poppin' is one of the best hip-hop songs I've heard. The performance that Jack Harlow puts up on What's Poppin' is phenomenal. And I was crowning this guy. I said, this guy is one of the best rappers I've heard that is that age, which at the time was probably like 2021. And it was like, yeah, you know, he's good, but you know, he really blow me away. Couple months later to a year later, nominated for a Grammy, guys. What's popping? I know how much we want to denounce Grammys. It's nominated for a Grammy. That's ironic. That's, uh, or sorry, is that ironic or is that a coincidence? Is that Quincy That's a, for music? Is that uh, Quincy understanding how good this guy was when he first heard that What's Poppin' song, which is now probably, if you ask me, probably the biggest rap song this year. Probably. Um, I I want to before you, just like you to stroke your own ego. I'm not mad at you for doing that. However, yeah, let the, the let the, the let, let the let the record show. If you guys go back and listen, you said he was rapping like Jesus, <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> that is that is what you said. It's with swag, all Bro. types. Of Jesus with gold teeth. <laughs> As you, as you, as you all can imagine, if somebody's saying somebody's rapping like Jesus, my antennas are up, and I'm expecting some extraordinary performance. Which, by the way, he did his thing on "What's Popping." I love "What's Popping." He did his thing. I simply said, "I simply said, yo, okay, that's one song. That shit is dope. But like, let's hear what else he got. To, let's have, let's hear what else he can do." And his EP wasn't that good. But, but his but, EP but, was not but, that good. That's all I said. Here's here. See, this goes with my whole presentation, my brother. You got to sit back, relax, put the mask on, sip on your drinky drink. This goes with the whole presentation. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So 
pretty much my point being is that what's popping, you can tell that this guy is, he wants to be great. Like, I understand, like, people are going to say, oh, but doesn't everybody that wants to uh, be a rapper want to be great? That's not always the case. Some people just rap and they, 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 <clears throat> they do what they think feels right, or some people just rap and they do what they think is going to be a hit. Jack Harlow comes across as somebody that wants to be great. And so uh, coming into this album, I said to myself, all right, how is Jack Harlow going to decipher himself from all of the other pretty solid to, to great rappers that are out right now? And first thing I heard when I put the album on was Rendezvous. Rendezvous, which is a Hit Boy produced uh, uh, song, shout out to Hit Boy, uh, Snafu Records, shout out to them. Uh, but Rendezvous is a Hit Boy produced song that I believe Jack Harlow puts up a phenomenal, phenomenal rap performance on. Uh, on it, you know, he talks about his come up and his journey to success and pretty much, you know, bragging a little bit, but then also letting people know how hard he works and let them know that what a lot of people don't know, he's actually been rapping since 2011. He's actually been doing this for a while. He's been putting the grind in. So he kind of lets people know that. Once I heard Rendezvous, I was like, man, I'm blown away. Like this guy really wants to be great. And then when you go down the line in the album, you stumble across like hits like Face of My City, kind of like what you mentioned, um, Way Out with Big Sean, where it's just like he has his, he has his, 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 what do you call it? His, his, he, he, he has his ears to the streets. He knows exactly what we want to hear. And uh, he shows that on Face of My City, he shows that on Way Out. Uh, what really impressed me with Jack Harlow on this album is that he actually uh, stepped outside of his comfort zone uh, musically on a couple of songs. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like just my biggest takeaway from the whole album is that Jack Harlow wants to be great. Uh, he raps like somebody that wants to be great. He studies the game. You can tell it's obvious based off the type of music that is on the album. And then also he has this, he, like, he doesn't change who he is. That to me is the most impressive thing. Like he is consistently the same person, which impresses me a lot. Like for instance, on What's Poppin' Remix, he, he sounds the same, same, same dude. You know, Tyler Hero sounds like the same dude. Cream, Krim or Krem, I believe it's called. Sounds like the same dude, same guy, sounds like the same dude. He he consistently sounds like the same dude. And in this, in this world that we're living in, where it's important to be an authentic figure in hip hop, he's as authentic as it gets, in my opinion. And so when you combine his his uh 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 his willingness to let people know that he wants to be great with the authenticity he shows as a person and as an artist. I just see big things for this dude, man. This was the first step. This is the first step. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just about with you on damn near everything you say. Like, I think he's a really good artist, you know. And like you said, my my biggest thing, and you talk you talked about it a bit. My biggest thing was the the his his versatility musically that he showed on this, right? Um, and and I, I talked know, about I didn't this. Know he was that versatile. Like, yeah, I, I talked. Yeah, she came like, about. Funny seeing you here. That song, uh, 
already best friends with Chris, with Chris Brown, Keep It Light, Kareem, the joint with Adam Levine. You know, like that stretch in the middle of the project to me kind of opened it up for me where it went from me saying the project was good to it being on a different, a, another tier. Like, I'm like, okay, like I see this guy doing more than what is expected of him just on the surface. So I'm not going to call him great. I'm not going to say he's the next greatest artist. But what I will say is Jack Harlow did enough on this project where the antennas should be up. If the antennas are not up, you just not, you're just not paying attention to what you're hearing. Because he, he's, def, he's definitely doing, he definitely did a, 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 a really good job on this project. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. I know people are going to call me crazy. That's fine. I've been called crazy a lot. Um, Jack Harlow at 22, 21, 20 is probably the best rapper. Rapper. Just straight up rapper of all the mainstream rappers that are out at that age. Like at 22 years old, 20. name your favorite mainstream rapper that's 21, 22, 20 that's better than him at rapping. Well, you like, tell me. You tell me. I don't know dude's age. We can throw so names if you want to. We got Lil Mosey. We got Come on, don't 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 we lead with Lil Mosey. Lil Mosey is not even 18. We got, what are you talking we about? got come on, man. Throw them all out. Like, Trippy Red. We can name all these people. Who you want to name? Like to me, at that age range, 20, 21, 22, Jack Harlow is the best rapper, lyrically, mainstream rapper lyrically all that stuff name me one better that's mainstream Ma name me one well i again i don't know dudes ages so so if you're talking about mainstream if that's your parameter mainstream meaning they make pop music is that what you're no. getting at like what, what, what does mainstream mean to you you mean somebody who just blew up somebody who's on mainstream means people that people like somebody that people know like somebody that's actually getting you know a lot of radio play. I mean, like NBA Youngboy. NBA Youngboy is twenty-one. Um, who else? Uh, Trippy Red, like I mentioned. It's it's. I'm going Corday. I'm going Corday easily. I'm going Corday easily, actually. Corday? Are you sure? Easily. You sure? Easily. easily. That's true. He does expand easily. <laughs> what are you talking about? He expands. I I, I But but the, but the, but the thing is, but the, my biggest thing is like the. So I don't know these dudes' ages, so I can't even really answer that question. Like if you, I just don't know. Like I don't know how old some of these dudes are. If you're talking about mainstream twenty-one year olds, that's a very narrow line. If I had a list right now, I'm pretty sure I could name you guys who are better rappers than him. But I don't know dudes' ages. I don't know. Okay. I'm saying. But no, he can rap though. Don't get it twisted. He can rap. So I get why you're saying that. You know, I understand I mean, I the point. That, I just think that, you know, which this kind of goes into the, the bigger, the grand scheme of things. I just think that people are afraid to admit that this dude is a good rapper. Like people are hesitant. People, people are hesitant. And for whatever reason, so, you want, whatever reason you want to, to, to say why you're hesitant, that's up to you. But I, I just feel like there's this reluctance to call, like, not even just him being a white rapper. There's this reluctance to call a white rapper good or somebody that you support or somebody that you like. There's this reluctance to say this female rapper is somebody that's good, somebody that you support. Some a reluctance to call somebody that is um, that is gay or, or a lesbian. 
somebody that's good, somebody that you support. I mean, for instance, Young M.A. Uh, Young M.A. is better than 95% of the rappers that are out. But there's okay. this reluctance to tell, like, people, for people to say that she's that good. She's damn good. So, so, so without spoiling all of our topics, let's just jump right into the just, next topic. I just said, like, four. four Jeez, <laughs> you're talking way too much in a good way. But I do want to I do want to pinpoint this combo though, because like you're opening up a good combo, which is pointed directly to the next topic. So, um, speaking of white rappers or people who are not, uh, I should say, le- people who are not controversial, or you know what, people who are controversial. That's how I'll kind of I'll kind of word this. Controversial figures within hip hop seem to be a target seem to be at the forefront, seem to be uh, like those type of artists that people don't necessarily want to give the full credit to based on their ability. So I think it's, I think we should give people a little background on why we're talking about this, because this spawned from the Jack Harlow combo that we had off air. You know, we, we talked about how, uh, since Jack Harlow is a white guy, you know, since Jack Harlow is a dude from Kentucky, Right. So Jack Harlow is a guy who seems to have this black swag to him. How are we able to identify with a guy, excuse me, a guy like that? Is that something that we should readily accept? It should we have a problem with it? Should we not care at all? Like, what is it that people feel? Why are people hesitant to acknowledge certain certain dudes and 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 I think that's a perfect segue for you, who was just talking about that, to pick back up on that. So I want you to, I want you to like, t- tell me why you think people have an issue crowning a Jack Harlow. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I just feel like, you know, you want to crown somebody that looks like you. Like, for me, like, I'm, I'm always cognizant of what people that look like me, people that are in my age range, people that are my height, people that eat what I eat, people that are from the same city that I'm from, you know, like I'm probably going to crown them the most because I feel like I'm related, like they're relatable to me. I think that a lot of times us as fans, we have an issue with crowning people that we're not relatable to, you know, like, Obviously, Jack Harlow doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like you. I mean, you and Jack Harlow have similar hair. Like, y'all both have curly hair. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he don't look like us, you know what I mean? So, I, I, but at the same time, like, as, as a fan of rap, like, I understand a good rapper when I see one, you know? And uh, for me, he's a really good rapper, even though, like, he probably doesn't, you know, fit the mold that I, or, or he probably didn't grow up seeing what I saw. Uh, I think there is an issue people have with that. And so I don't know what you, what you think about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of on the same wavelength in a sense. I mean, I, what, I, what I feel is that, um, you know, I think there's a hesitation because of, and, I, and I've always maintained this position and it's, it's sort of what you were getting at. Like it's the identity part of music. It's, 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 when you don't identify with someone's life, when you can't really see yourself in that, you, you don't see yourself uh, uh, living the type of life that they had, 
uh, growing up in the type of environments that they had, whatever the case is, it's hard for people to accept. You know, it's no different than why a lot of people have a problem with, um, uh, and there's, they're in, probably in the minority at this point, a lot of people have a problem with Post Malone. Uh, remember back in the day, and this is not that long ago, but Post Malone was parading around saying, I don't want to be called a rapper. Don't call me a rapper. You know, I'm not a rapper. I do much more. When in all actuality, what, what made Post Malone blow up from the White Iversons to the Two Youngs to all of his early songs was taken musically directly from hip hop. So it's like almost like a slap in the face. How dare you shit on the community that you are clearly influenced by? And, and I think that's the type of thing that rub people the wrong way, right? We've seen enough of these type of scenarios that make people very hesitant when it comes to seeing a white person take from black culture, right? And, and, and try to make it organic. So I think that's the hesitancy, if you ask me, is, is people are just apprehensive. You know what I'm saying? We Going back to Jack Harlow, I don't have a problem with Jack Harlow at all because I, when I look at him, when I, when I listen to his music, I see a guy that knows he's white. I see a guy that doesn't try to parade around acting as if he's black. I see a guy that maybe even knows a lot of people who are black and he just came up in that culture, you know? A lot of this, a lot of the conversation we're having um, right now, I think people probably need to have more, right? It, it takes like a very nuanced approach to look at this and say, but what about how he grew up? What about, what if he only liked black girls? What if his neighborhood was black? Well, like these are things that like nobody really takes in consideration. We just only see the, the surface. Oh, here's a white guy who's rapping and who clearly likes black girls and who clearly raps like and has the swag of like a black dude, right? A lot of people have issues with that. And I get it. I just think that some people need to be a little bit more patient um, and, and really vet these people individually. I don't think it's like a one size shoe fits all, right? Type of uh, situation when it comes to white people making black people music. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some people have a problem with Russ. Some people have a problem, like there's people have a problem with everything. I look at the authentic. I look at the authenticity when I look at the dude, and when I hear his music, is he parading around acting like he's something he's not, from an identity standpoint? That's what I be paying attention to, and I don't know what everybody else pays attention to, but that's what I be looking at. I mean, the, the, it's funny because in in this world that we live in, it's a lot of our decisions and a lot of the people that we cling on to is people that are too good that you can't deny them like you know what 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 people always talk about uh like true nba fans like uh uh like older nba fans in particular when they talk about larry bird they're like larry bird was a white dude from french lake indiana but like a white dude that was a bad brother right they're like he'll drop 50 on you like he was the real deal. And, and it's very similar to like Luka Doncic, right? Where uh, Luka Doncic right now is an MVP candidate in the NBA. He's a white dude, but that's a bad brother. Like, like, like at the end of the day, you got to give him his respect where it's due. I feel like Jack Harlow is equivalent to that. I could be wrong. You know, Jack Harlow can F around and be Bubba Sparks 2.0. I don't know. I could be very wrong. But from what I see, like I can tell that He's a student of the game, which is the most important thing 
when you you want to like somebody is that person a student of the game is that person respectful with, of the game does that person move the culture forward does he move the the the, the, the hip-hop culture in general forward does he do that and to me he does all that you know like he is making hip-hop better but then when you have people like my favorite target logic logic isn't making hip-hop better to me logic is copying logic is bringing out the the bad in hip-hop jack harlow to me is actually creating new waves in hip-hop and to me I, I just feel like you got to acknowledge that you got to appreciate that you know i i want to uh, now i feel you i want to say this though because i don't think this gets said enough you know we um we don't i think i think a lot of this conversation uh stems from black people having resentment towards white people coming into their arena, our arena, and excelling and getting more popularity. Let's be real. This country, America, is primarily white, right? It's not a shocker that if you have a white person, white man or woman, involved in hip hop, which by the way is the most popular genre in America, undeniably, in 2020, that you give them a platform, even if they are decent, they don't even have to be great. Look at Iggy Azalea. You can turn them into a star because they are going to identify with a lot of people to where the talent won't matter as much as it will if you're a black person where your talent means more. You know, it's like Stephen A. Smith said this, says this a lot on, um, on, on First Take, which, you know, he's, a, he's older than us, but he says like, yo, Black people got to work twice as hard, right? I think there is part of that. There's, there's part of that. And I'm not taking anything away from Jack Harlow. When you hear Jack Harlow, he can rap. So this ain't got nothing to do with talent, but I'm saying I think historically, Black people have a problem with white people coming in and just popping overnight as if, as if there are these other Black uh, men and women out here, they ain't been grinding. They aren't twice as good half the time. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, so I think a lot of times that's where the resentment comes from for some, not for all, but for, uh, but for some people. And, and, and I get it. However, for this conversation, and when we talk about people like Jack Harlow, we talk about people like the kid Leroy, who probably, I wouldn't consider him an MC per se. Um, we talk about people like Post Malone. The list goes on of white people in whether you're directly in hip-hop or loosely pulling from hip-hop they are talented to the point where it's like undeniable i gotta i gotta give it up to your talent as a musician your talent as a singer there's something about these dudes and women that pulls people in and i don't think there's anything wrong with us or a segment of the population coming in and saying yo i think jack harlow is dope and here's why you know what I'm saying? Like, we all just got to figure out what it is that makes us, uh, which, which, which gives us a problem, you know? And like I said, I don't have a problem with Jack Carlo, nor do I have a problem with anybody, anybody white that I think is talented. Talented. I, I, I hear you. I, 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 you know, I want to say this. There's, this is coming from a place that's deeper and I'm, I'm about to take this deeper guys. Um, I pray to live in a world 
where we stop having to say, oh, this is a, one of the best white rappers to uh, ever touch the mic. I pray we stop living in a world where this is one of the best black quarterbacks. You know, I want to live in a world where people say, uh, you know, this was a good quarter. Like Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback. You know, like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. Like I want to live in that world, but then at the same time, I'm not blind. Like at the end of the day, we have to make those cate the, uh, the, those characterizations because it tells the whole story. But in a perfect world, like when somebody is good at something, they should just be them, Jack Harlow. You know, and, and to me, Jack Harlow is that good. He deserves to be called just a good rapper, not a good white rapper or a white rapper in the game. I, I just personally feel like he's just that good. Like, but, but like I said, I understand it. It's even for marketing purposes to, to be able to say you're a white rapper. I think for, for, for like execs, they actually see that as a great marketing tool to use. And yeah, on the flip yeah. side, it's for, for, which is to me kind of troublesome. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure certain people see being a black quarterback as a great marketing tool being a black golfer as a great marketing tool. So it's like, we, we, it's like, I always say it's interesting. Race is literally black and white in America. And typically black and white means simple when you think about everything else, but like black and white in America is not simple at all. It's the most complex thing ever. And so yeah, well said. And uh, I always say this, and I'll end with this, and then we can move on to the next topic. I always say this, and um, it's that if we remove labels from rappers, like you said, best woman, best white person, best LBGTQ, blah, 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 rapper, blessed black, Rhapsody would be high on the list in Rhapsody. terms of ability. Like, but I think that's the problem. Like we got so many goddamn labels that we can, it's like people are afraid to include Rhapsody in the conversation of MC and lyricists. They yeah. should not be separate. They should yeah. not be separate because if we're just talking about talent, we're talking about musical ability, uh, construction of a project. Layla's Wisdom, the project she dropped a few years ago, incredible body of work. And just overall her as a talent, bro. Like, I mean, I can't, just, even, I can't even stress that enough at how good of a, of a rapper she is to not be getting mentioned at all is troubling. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a step further. Troubling. I'm gonna go a step further. How many people, they, they ask you to, to say, who are your top 10 rappers of all time? How many people have a woman in that top 10? How many? Bro, that's, bro nobody has ever mentioned a woman unless you're a How woman. How many has ever mentioned a woman as one of the best rappers of all time? If you ask me, Nicki Minaj's resume is just as impressive as a bunch of people's resume. Like when you actually talk about the accomplishments that Nicki Minaj has been able to do, it stands up there with Drake. It stands up. I'm not saying she's better than Drake. I'm not saying No, no, that. no. I understand everything you're saying. It stands up there. Like, and you, you, we can't ignore that stuff. And, and like I said, I think labels, it's funny because like the labels are necessary, I guess, 
But at the same time, they limit the Jack Harlow's of the world. They limit the Nicki Minaj's of the world. They limit Max. the promotions, the little Nas's. So the, it's the, like the, the they limit they limit the the Rhapsodies. They limit all of the people that the are Rhapsody. really talented that are getting left out of the conversation. That get left out of the conversation, man. It's it's yeah. it's actually pretty. It sucks. It, it really does. No, it does, man. And we should, um, I, you know, I want to hear what, you know, everybody else is feeling about that topic. But no, nah, I think that's an important topic that needs to be talked about. And um, I don't know how we change that. I don't know how we change that for real. Because unfortunately, labels seem to be a part of how human brains work. I'm hoping like the next generations of people can like completely dispel all of that bullshit because they're limiting our progress. When, when, when we put labels on, 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 we're just talking about music. Let's, if we were to extend this shit to the real world, not music, we're, we would open up a whole nother can of worms of a combo, but labels are really killing us, I think. We gotta, we gotta labels, get out of that shit. Labels are killing us. Anyway, man, let's, uh, let's jump into the next one, man. Uh, oh, the next topic. Let's talk about the next one, rappers getting arrested. So nah, bro, bro. Next, no, no, no. Kid Cudi, man. Oh shoot, Kid Cudi, my man. My, <laughs> my man, Kid Cudi. Uh, <laughs> Kid Cudi dropped "Man on the Moon" three, which is his threequel. Which, by the way, I made a major mistake the other day. I called "Man on the Moon" three a sequel. A sequel is only the second, just the second part of a series. So, for instance. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2 would be called a sequel. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 3 would be called a threequel. So Man on the Moon 3 is a threequel. But anyway, he dropped Part 3 of Man on the Moon, uh, you know, a couple of days ago. Uh, what do you think of it? All right. I will uh, say what? You want me to go first on this? Because I, uh, I, I, I've been told I look like Kate Cuddy. I've been told I look like the the Kid Cudi slash Michael B. Jordan slash uh, anybody else y'all think is sexy. What? Anyway, no, I. You know what? Since you since you have an affinity for uh, our guy Kid Cudi, I'm gonna let you do the honors and go last. You can you can have the last word on it. So I'm I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say what I gotta say and I'm gonna get out the way. That's what I, that's what's gonna happen. If you say uh, so. Anyway, highlighter boy. Um, you, oh, you talking about my shirt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. It's cool though. I like it. Yeah, man. Stop hating. <laughs> uh, the people appreciate it, but no, my man, Kid Cudi, the chosen one, the 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 man, the myth, the 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 moon man, whatever the hell other monikers he goes by, uh, Mister Rager. I mean, the the man has so many. And his name is Scott Muscutty. I, that's one of the coolest and most interesting names I've ever seen. The Muscutty part. Muscutty? It makes zero sense. But clearly that's where he got Cuddy from. He dropped his three cool, like you said. And um, I think it's amazing that he even blessed us with another body of work stringing to this classic series. Because I'm going to be real with you. Man on the Moon part one, incredible. Man on the Moon Part Two. It was just below incredible. I think Man on the Moon One was better than Man on the Moon Two. That's my opinion. 
How does man in the or man that on the moon not a stretch at all? That is not a stretch. I don't think so. A lot of a lot of people Middle love moon, Man on the Moon too. Classic. That's that's Man on the Moon 2 was nowhere near the level. Man on the Moon 2 is is very heavily regarded. I'm not saying it's better than Man on the Moon. That's my point. Man on the Moon 2 is good. Man on the Moon 2 it's, is good. Man on the Moon 2 is very good. It should it's not fucking with Man on the Moon 1. Man on the Moon 1 is a classic. That's a love classic. that shit. So now, the closer one, sorry, can I, not to touch it. But the closer one is food and liquor and the cool. Like that one's close. I can't, depending Ooh. on the day, the cool would be better than food and liquor. Food and liquor would be better than the cool. Like it, it depends on the day. That one's a lot closer. But like mm. Men in the 2 is, is not close to me. But we, they're, we, both we, they're both very good. We're, we're off subject right now, but you you getting me thinking. And now I'm like, bro. I think I'm fucking with the cool. I, I think I, I think the, I think the cool got I think the cool got the got the edge, man. I really I believe the, the cool has the, the edge. Cool. And you know, you I know, put, the, I put it like I put it like this. I put it like this. Like you said, that's a great way to characterize it. It depends on how you wake up. But what I will say here is, if I'm judging how many times I've woken up feeling that the cool was better than food and liquor, I think it would outweigh. The, it would outweigh food and liquor. So I'm going to go the cool is a more classic and more memorable project. It should be more highly regarded than food and liquor. But I love food and liquor. I food literally liquor. love food and liquor. Lupe Fiasco, Lupe Fiasco to me, and we're super off subject, but fuck it, we here. Lupe Fiasco, it, 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 it pisses me off that people forget Lupe Fiasco's legacy. Lupe Fiasco has one of the most incredible collection of first couple of projects, most impressive start to a career. I can make an argument that any rapper has had in the history of rap, period. I'm here to make that argument and we can make that argument any day, but I just want to point that out because I don't know how many people even fuck with Lupe, uh, at least in 2020, nobody talks about him like that. Go ahead, you got something to say. Oh man! I mean, I, what I was going to say was that the 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 main difference between the cool and food and liquor to me is the intros take the cool to the next level. Sort of like what you said last episode, where the intros, like when Bro. albums the intros, the cool's intros were tight as hell to me. Like they it, they 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 thought it they thought it was cool. They they, <laughs> they thought it was cool. You know what I mean? Nah, I ain't talking about Baba. Baba, I thought it was cool. Nah, like I'm talking about the intros. Remember when, remember when they try to uh, uh, rob somebody and and uh, they, 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 he got shot up? Like, but, but, yo, listen, 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 listen. You know how yeah. earlier you, you know how earlier you patted yourself on the back, nigga. I'm I'm getting taking my credit. This is this is what this is what's missing in music today. Shit like that. That that's the type of stuff that be making albums memorable and classic. On that on that up on that album, those those interludes were 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 amazing, amazing, yeah, amazing, bro. amazing. But 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 going back to uh, going back to Kid Cudi, and I'll make this I'll make this quick. But um, Kid Cudi, man, you know I'm I'm so proud of him, man, because you know I've been. It's like it's like I, I see people having more of an appreciation for Kid Cudi's legacy these days, and, and I'm here for that because. To hear the, the vulnerability that Kid Cudi still drops in his music just takes me on a damn timeline going back 
of how many artists have gotten their influence from this man, how many lives this man has touched artistically, how many genres he uses to infuse into his music. I love it, man. However, taking this, my review, another, a different direction, did you kind of get the get the sense that Kid Cudi was a little bit more grimy this time around? Like he had this aggressive tone to 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 some of his raps, and it, I just heard this like aggressive Kid Cudi that I'm not sure if I've ever really heard throughout the course of a project. Kid Cudi's usually laid back. He's usually uh, the one really talking about how sad he is, talking about how he wants to go away and he wants to be away from people. People don't understand him. I kind of got the sense from this new album that Kid Cudi still has a lot of those undertones, but he's he's more confident this time around. He's talking his shit way more often this time around. And I kind of like that Kid Cudi. I'm gonna be real. I like that Kid Cudi. I like the approach he took with this, with this album. Um, of course, speaking of Man in the Moon too, like I said before, Mr. Rager was one of my favorite songs. He sprinkled in a lot of different little, little production, little samples from Man on the Moon 2. I don't know if you guys peep. He sprinkled a lot of those throughout this project that um, if you're somebody who's been familiar with Kid Cudi, you're going to feel that and it's going to make you reminisce and maybe want to go back and listen to his old stuff. So uh, without being too long-winded, I'm going to get into some songs that I really, really love. Um, Tequila Shots, the second song on the project. Dope. I, I don't, to me, I heard the album once through. I don't even know why that song is called Tequila Shots. The stuff he was talking about had nothing to do with Tequila Shots. And maybe that was the point. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and listen again, but it, I didn't get why it was called Tequila Shots. However, I really like that song. Uh, Another Day, I liked it. She Knows This. The song called Sad People. Dope. I wasn't really feeling the song with Pop Smoke and Skepta. Yeah, yeah, like I, it, it kind of hurt me to really even come in here and say that because it's like, damn, Kid Cudi, why are you reaching for sounds? Kid Cudi didn't need to. He doesn't need to reach for sounds. Like he has his own unique flavor and spin to music that I didn't really need to hear him uh, try to be like these young kids uh, and, and really try to catch a wave. It, it really felt that way with, with that song. And also just some of the songs towards the end of this project, I felt like Cuddy was kind of reaching a bit uh, production wise and just flow wise. You know, he tried to kind of get with the new school and I get it, he wants to be modern and with the times. Um, overall, I think the project is pretty good. It's pretty good. It has a lot of replay value. And um, I'ma let Kid Cuddy part two really do a deep dive on what this project is all about because I know you got a lot to say about this in addition to you feeling like you're Kid Cudi's long lost brother. But go ahead. That wasn't me, brother, that said that. That like I had an ex in college that said, <laughs> you, I, we watched, me and my friends watched day and night and Damn. we literally were like, that's you on the TV screen. Like we, we got chills and I was like, I guess no. I look like Kid Cudi. You 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 have embodied you have embodied the persona. Go 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 ahead for the review, man. That's the, but 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 anyway, I, I I you know we it's 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 funny. We talked about Lupe Fiasco, right? Yeah. Um, and Lupe Fiasco dropped Food and Liquor one, or sorry, Food and Liquor, 
And then Lupe Fiasco dropped the cool. After that, Lupe's career, when it comes to making albums, I hate, I, I hate to say it. I don't want to come on here saying stuff like that. I don't. I don't. But like at the end of the day, I think he dropped Food and Liquor too. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. And, and then he dropped a whole bunch of albums. And now I don't know what the hell Lupe Fiasco is doing. Like, bro, Lupe, bro, Lupe dropping on Spotify. Lupe Fiasco's dropping songs on Instagram. Like, <laughs> Yo, Lupe, I swear, I swear on everything. Nah, that's facts. Like, dog, Lupe dropped a project this year, which, dog, you want to be confused? With, go, go and listen to Dinosaurs. I think it's called yeah. Dinosaurs. Is that, is that what the joint is called? Or is that the song? No, you're talking about the joint with, um, he, on, he had a collaboration on. with another producer. Hold on, I'm going to find it right now. I'm going to find it right now. He dropped... Uh, he dropped the project. Called, oh, Draga's was it Draga's Light? Oh, Draga's Light. No, 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 no. That was twenty seventeen. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, damn it. You, you know what? Go ahead. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. But go ahead. Pretty much. Uh, you know, Lupe Fiasco's career. Mm, and so, Kid Cudi is interesting because Kid Cudi started out with uh, a kid named Cudi. Do you remember that album? A kid named Cudi. Where? Sorry, not album mixtape. It was on. It was on that fifth. Did you know that that was the only mixtape Kid Cudi's ever created? A kid named Cudi. That to me is a classic mixtape. One of my favorite songs on there on that mixtape is uh, uh, remember the joint where you said uh, what was it called? Uh, oh shoot, what, what was that joint called? Uh, but anyway, uh, there's some 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 hits that I like on that album. Then he dropped Man on the Moon one. I thought that was fantastic. Then he dropped Man on the Moon 2. I thought that was a pretty decent album. And guess what Kid Cudi's career started to do? Started to go down a little bit. He dropped In the Cud. He dropped Satellite Flight, The Journey to Mother Moon. Help me out here. Can you help me out? Here. All right. Do you remember a song from In the Cud? I do. I do. Um, I actually really loved one of them joints. Um, he had I Girls, Immortal. I like it. Uh, like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to find it because I don't remember these joints by name. But he had one that I really loved. And I'm, I'm here. Indica dropped 20, 2013. God damn. Uh, Just What I Am. I love that joint. Just What I Am. That, is a good that, was, my, that was my joint. Like for us. With King, with King Chip. Okay. So Indica. But would you say the album was good? Mm, eh, maybe. It was, it was, it was meh. It was meh. Do you Amen. do you remember a song from Satellite Flight, The Journey to, to Mother Moon? No, not at all. I can't. Do you remember a song from Speeding, Speeding Bullet to Heaven, which I believe is Kid Cudi's worst album? Dope ass cover. He's like in the woods. To, to me, to me, music, uh, musically speaking, he went left with that because he started getting into his, you know, his like folk guitar. Like he was just different. Like he went through a little phase musically where he was just like, we. If you thought Kid Cudi was left field before, he went two times that direction left. I mean, like you will, you didn't even recognize him on that project. Call, call it how it, it was a bad album. It was a bad album. And I don't remember. I don't remember it like that. And then he dropped Passion, Pain, and Demon's Land. That was pretty good. Pretty solid. It was pretty decent, but I didn't feel like Kid Cudi was back. I did. I, I, thought, like, I thought he was. I thought he was bubbling at that at that point. I, I, I didn't liked think that joint a lot. Fully black back though. I, I don't feel like he was fully back on that. 
Maybe Man, they like frequency. Well, for the frequency. But, come on, like it, it, it wasn't. Come much, on. It wasn't what he was doing in the past. Like, but to me, to me, Man on the Moon three, he finally gets back to where he stopped on Man in the Moon two, reaching his potential, in my opinion. Like he finally gets back to it, but then at the same time, didn't Man on the Moon feel like it could possibly be his last album? Like it almost felt like, you know, this is him saying goodbye to folks musically, which I would be okay with because I also think he's a pretty good actor. Um, if he decides to go into to, to acting, I'll be cool with that. But my point being is he goes back to his mu uh, to, to to his potential on on this Man in the Moon three uh, album. Uh, what is his potential? Him being able to 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 make your club records, him being able to make hip hop hymns. You heard me, hip hop hymns. Him being able to make pop records, commercial records, and him blending all of those when he needs to. Um, I would say, I think the album was really good. I think the album is, 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 is more versatile than I thought it would be. And, I feel like he takes things up a notch uh, when you get to really, I guess he broke it down by acts. Did you know that? He broke the, the album down by acts. So there's, there's uh, act one, act two, act three. I think when you get to about act three, he, he takes things up another notch. Like I think he, he, he hits us with, you know, what I always like to say, next level melodies. He hits us with, vocal performances that are top notch. And then he also dives deep into his personal life, which a lot of people forgot that he actually went through some, some mental issues uh, at one point. Uh, he, he talks about, you know, beating his demons and just being this, this figure that uh, uh, was able to overcome depressions on, on a good chunk of these songs. But all in all, I, I, I feel like if somebody were to say Kid Cudi is back after listening to this album, I would co-sign that. I would say, yes, Kid Cudi is back after uh, what I would call a, a, a bit of a disappointing album career. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just kind of how my, my big takeaway. I think, um, you know, yeah, I feel you. And, you know, ultimately, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always on the, um, I'm always here to give Kid, Kid Cudi his flowers for not only what he was doing sonically on these songs, right? Infusing all these different genres, you know, it's to the point where, you know, when you listen to a Kid Cudi album, it's very hard to even pinpoint the genres that like, you don't even know what you're listening to half the time. You know, like you'll go back and listen to it a week later and find another instrument that you didn't hear before. You'll find another hum that he did in the background vocals that just came out of nowhere. You're like, what the hell? Like, I didn't hear that before. You know? So, so at the end of the, at the end of the day, to me, I think Kid Cudi, man, he, uh, he's been through a lot in his personal life, clearly. And by the way, I don't know if you knew he did a Ted talk. Did you know that? Uh, maybe I think I did. I think I heard something about that. Bro. Kid Cudi did a Ted talk, which I saw it, had, it came out a couple years ago. And he detailed his life. He talked about his insecurities in high school. He talked about his insecurities growing up and how he was picked on and how 
that made him want to be great. And he talked about all of these different things, which was dope. You know, it really, it really explained a lot of why Kid Cudi is this like loner. You know, you get that vibe from him in his music. And uh, it put things in perspective. So if I, you know, anybody who's out there uh, who listens to Kid Cudi or is confused about Kid Cudi's music, I would encourage you guys to go out there and listen to the TED Talk that he gave, man. Very insightful. He's a very funny dude, too. Like, you you'll be very entertained by hearing Kid Cudi speak for 10 minutes. I didn't, trust me. I tell them, tell them and me, when after you guys listen to this show, that Uche sent you, please. Just, just tell them that. Once, once you tell them that, they're going to be like, who? <laughs> word, word, word. Anyway, yeah. I, I do want to say, I do want to say something. Yeah, what's I do want to say something. You know, you what's talked up? about, we give you your credit. Uh, we give you your credit for uh, interludes and stuff like that. I want to say there was another thing that you said that's very important that, that, that pertains to this album. How it flowed. I think more than interludes, how an album flows is really important. And I felt like one of the best things about Man on the Moon 1 was how it flowed. It flowed very like, you know, nicely, very rivetingly. This album flows very well. Even how songs transition to others, like how Kid Cudi placed each song and where he placed each song. Like for instance, uh, Owl's Baby, the way that transitions into sad, it's like, or does it transition to sad people? I think it transitions to uh, September 16th, sorry. September 16th, which is one of the best songs by far on the album. How it transitions to that is very dramatic. It's emotional. Uh, that gets slept on. I think that's something that, that, that makes this album really good. I also feel like there's importance in highlighting your vocals. Like Kid Cudi, whoever put together his album, like production-wise, made sure that his vocals were the star of the show. Like for me, I highly recommend that you listen to this album through some headphones. Like mm-hmm. yeah, blast it through the car. Uh, yeah, you can put it in the background while you clean up your house. But like, listen to it through some earphones. I think it will change your life because Bro. just everything. You put <laughs> yeah, you just hey, we hey, you know what. Yo, you just stumbled upon a topic that I don't want to necessarily talk about today, but maybe on a future show, we could talk about like the importance of listening to certain type of music in your ears versus on a speaker. That joint changes everything. Like there's a nuanced approach. You, you as the listener have to know which albums are important to listen to your ears versus out loud. I'm telling you, that's a good topic. We should, we should die. And we should come up with some, some albums just to give like examples of joints that you know, hit different in your ears versus out loud, out loud on the speaker, you know? This is definitely one that hits different. It's almost meditative the way it hits if you put it on your headphones. Yeah, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always big at that because, you know, Kid Cudi to me, man, you know, I come to Kid Cudi's music not for lyrics. I don't come to Kid Cudi's music to get um, any introspective, I'm sorry, not introspective, I don't get, I don't come to him to hear any dope ass melody flows and 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 double time lyrics him switching up his flow no i don't expect none of that from kid cuddy because that's not his superpower kid cuddy's superpower in my opinion is his ability to give his soul like he drops his entire being on these records to where when you're done 
you know exactly who Kid Cudi is and what he stands for, what he doesn't stand for. And that to me is a superpower. It puts you in a trance musically. Production is amazing. But what he does, like you said, vocally, it, it's, it's almost therapeutic in a way. It, it really is, man. It really is. So anyhow, uh, I think we talked about Kid Cudi enough. You guys let us know what you think about the album. But I say let's move on to the next topic, which is the trouble that rappers are getting themselves into in 2020. We've seen it all year. We've been getting reports from TMZ. We've been getting reports from Vlad TV. We've been getting reports from all over the place of these dudes either getting indicted, getting in trouble. We don't know if it's because of the pandemic. What is the reason? Q, we've seen Lil Wayne recently plead guilty to uh, a federal gun charge, which, by the way, this is his second gun charge. I don't know why he hasn't left, learned his lesson, but it's the second time this has happened. So unfortunately, Wayne will be getting jail time. We just don't know how much at this point. We've seen, who else, who else? Uh, a Boogie get in trouble, right? Y'all, Yo, you're on mute. Uh, we've seen A Boogie get in trouble in, in New Jersey. Casanova. G Herbo. G Herbo get caught up. We've seen, and this didn't happen in 2020, but um, Kodak Black is still in jail. I think he has two more years left in jail. You know, like, what is it about rappers these days that's, um, you know, that, 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 that is causing them to, to stay in jail or to get in trouble, rather? Like, what the hell is going on, man? For real. I know exactly. I know exactly what's going on. You know, you know, and I know is Takashi. Takashi been snitching again. Takashi is Takashi is the first snitch in hip hop history to drop a deluxe version of snitching. <laughs> he got a deluxe version of snitching, guys. He he done told the the, the cops. He done say, yo, the oh, yo, oh, on the first on the first list of snitches on the first one, I wasn't accurate. On this second one though. On this second one, oh, I'm gonna get you with some big hitters. It's it's Takashi, man, and I, I I cracked the Da Vinci Code. No, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, I it, I can't tell you that there's a certain thing that rappers are doing uh, as of late because they they actually happen to be different types of charges, right? If if I'm not mistaken, like. Uh, Lil Wayne was a gun. He got caught with a gun. Uh, actually, a boogie got caught with a gun too. Also, but he also got caught with drugs. Like drugs, weed. all types of shit. Parapher drug paraphernalia. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Casanova's was a, a Rico. If I'm not mistaken, that was that's a, a fact. Yep. And then G Herbo's was just weird. That was scamming. I <laughs> On the report for G Herbo, it says. He scammed his way to designer dogs. I didn't even know I, what the hell that meant. I, I didn't know what a designer dog was. What the hell is a designer dog? Uh, a dog do they, do they, do, do, I was about to say, do they draw, do they draw like uh, Gucci? Do they, you know, like, do they, do they put like a Gucci print on the dog's fur? Like what, what happens? I don't understand what a designer dog is. Something exquisite and illegal. Something that straddles the line between the two. But they, they all happen to be like different uh types of cases i mean i honestly like 
it's funny how some of these people get caught up. All of them got caught up actually not doing a crime, right? Like a boogie, I guess, got stopped. Casanova out of nowhere got picked up. I, I, I believe I'm assuming he was chilling. Uh, G Herbo, he, it was just like randomly. It's almost like, you know, a lot of times when you do certain things, you don't know who's watching you. You know, like right. you don't know if the feds, hey, like my, my man Lil Wayne used to say, you know, the feds listening, what money? You know, like, what did he say? What, what was that line again? Uh, nigga, nigga, what money? Yeah, the fed, you know, the feds listening, nigga, what money? Yeah. He said, I got, I got money. Didn't he say the feds listening? What money? Like, I thought that was tight, but, but anyway. It's, but you know what? I so I, I, I want to close out. I, I think it's yeah yeah go ahead. It's a it's it's a it's what Jay Z teaches the youth all the time. Like don't floss, don't do all this stuff because people are watching. Not just your ops, not just you know the people that you 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 are haters. Like government people are watching, and and they're waiting for you to like put your guard down because they can, you know, start digging you up and get you for anything. For real, for real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I think this is a perfect time to, to bring in Vlad TV into this combo because, you know, not only are the feds watching, watching and listening, so is Vlad TV. Um, you know, and, and I know a lot of people, yo, you're on mute, by the way. <laughs> I, I've been I, waiting. For this rent, like literally, I've called uh, uh, <laughs> for this rent. Uh, I can't. I, you were well, first, I don't. You were you called Vlad TV freaking police the other day. You said Vlad TV. He's, <laughs> he's an informant. Like you, you've been. He's a federale. Like you, you, you've been on this. I ain't gonna lie. So, so here's the thing, though. You know, like I actually see both sides. You know, I see. I see the side of people saying that Vlad is the police. He's an informant. I see the people on the other side saying, but you're a grown ass man. Stop snitching on yourself. Right. And, and, and to me, there's a fine line here. I blame both people, but there's a bigger thing with Vlad TV that I actually have an issue with. You know, it's not, it's not about, it's not that he's an informant and he's a snitch. Cause again, with that, I blame grown men telling their own business. What part of the game is that? What, what part of the game is someone telling you to disclose illegal activity and you just willingly throwing it out there as if this shit is not going to go on the internet. Like he is not going to tag you. Like he is not going to run promo videos and bring up a clip of every little thing that happens after everything that you've said over the years. This is what Vlad does. The bigger thing that I have about, or the biggest issue I have with Vlad is, you know, how we have allowed somebody who is white to come into the black community and really eat off of black culture the way that he has. I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that. I'm not mad at his hustle. I'm not mad at anybody who does what he does. Shit, you could argue we're in the same lane. Where we're, we're kind of, we're reporting on news. We're, we're giving our opinion. We're interviewing artists. We're doing all these different things, right? You could argue we, we're in the same lane. However, I think for somebody like him to be so big 
have such a big voice. I got a problem when 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 white people come into our culture and they eat. They take 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 take. They take from it. They they make money off of it. What is what are they what are they doing to give back? Okay, they got a platform, but it's all negative. All I hear from that platform is negative negativity. It's all negative. Dudes disclosing murders. Do, like if I know you guys remember the, the the famous Soldier Boy rant where he was like, "Oh, the dudes came into my apartment and I shot up the dudes and I I looked around the corner, I looked at a rap and I said, "Yo, who that?" And then I shot a dude. Bam! You remember that? Remember that famous Soldier Boy rant? You remember that? Of course, of course. That was on Vlad TV. No, people don't remember that. Like, it's always entertainment based, but it's all negative to me. And if it ain't all negative, it's mostly negative. That's my biggest issue with Vlad TV. It's not that people are going on his platform telling on their own self. It's not that he's asking incriminating questions because you can always not answer the goddamn question. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, what's up? Go, go ahead. You got something to say? Let's let's have a, let's have a free flowing discussion. Let's have a free flowing discussion. You such a deep dive on this, and have a free flowing discussion. I could go two ways, right? So, I think the big thing about Vlad TV, right, is not only does he ask you, but he presses you to give specific details. He, he legit, legit. I watch a lot of Dateline. I watch a lot of uh, First 48. He legit sounds like uh, um, uh, when they bring you in. Uh, who are those people? Interrogator. Uh, like, you're talking interrogator. about like the, the, the police, like in the, in the police. Like, he, he, like he you, you ever watch you ever watch first forty eight? You know when they're it's in the room talking. First forty eight. Like he literally, I could imagine him sitting here like buttering you up to remember details of the story. So you'll be like, yeah, you know, I shot this dude. Okay, can you remember uh, exactly who it was? What you were wearing? Uh, 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 oh, and what street was that again? You said one four four Main Street. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, uh, can you dive deeper into what you're like? It's like an interrogator. I'm like, that's crazy to me. Like, and like you said, that it's, it's all negative. But on the flip side, I think, you know, this goes back to America's infatuation with negativity, America's infatuation with street cred. Uh, you know, we don't want to hear about, hey, little baby, what happened at your birthday party? We want to hear, little baby, what happened when you were in jail? You know, what, what are you a blood? Are you a crit? Like, we want to hear that weird ass stuff, like, it, it, in terms of entertainment. And, and to me, I just, I just don't, I, I get it. It's entertaining. But like, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's kind of like Vlad TV is just serving what people want to hear. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm gonna change the channel. I'm gonna change the channel if he's over here <laughs> talking about uh, what was the process of you picking flower? Do you have a flower garden in the back of your in your backyard? I'm, I'm probably gonna change the channel. I'm not gonna listen to it. You know we, we 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 definitely that's a bigger that's a bigger discussion. We definitely have an infatuation with negativity. I'm included. We all included. I'm not about. I'm not sitting here making anybody feel like they are the issue in particular. However, um, I think we do have to call a spade a spade. You know what this also reminds me of another good example is, um, you remember when uh, 
when, when, when DJ Academics got, got pressed by Vic Mensa for some of the content that he was producing on his um, Warren Chirac channel on, on YouTube back in the day, but this is before Academics blew up, right? You know, it, it, some of the content that he was producing, it was mostly, if not all negative. He was reporting on deaths. He was making fun of the people who were dying. He would, it was like this video game world that he had created detailing real live murders that were happening. And now somebody can argue, well, academics is not the one creating the, he's not the one creating the, the violence itself, but it's the way it's being covered. Like there is a way to cover something where it can be parasitic almost. And I, I feel like that's kind of the word that I would actually use towards what, Black, what Vlad TV does, you know? A lot of it is so negative that it's parasitic. It's actually, there's no productivity coming out of any of these stories that people are telling. For what? So, so Casanova, which by the way, he got in trouble and the police directly stated they got their testimony from Casanova's Vlad TV interviews, amongst other things that he said out in the public. But that is letting you know that First off, nobody should ever be in that position where you're telling crimes that you that you did in real world on an online platform, which is going on YouTube or any platform which can be historically traced. That should not happen. And the fact that a platform is relishing the opportunity to get dudes to incriminate themselves is parasitic in nature to me. That's a problem. That's a problem. 100%. And, and, and at the end of the day, we are to blame. I blame us. I blame us because the same exact reason why I blame the people for anointing certain artists and putting certain artists at the forefront, it's about demand. You know, these labels are not going to put money behind an artist that they don't believe that the people want to see. So if there's a demand for something, you better believe the, the, the nature and the law of business is somebody's going to supply to meet that demand. I am not mad at Vlad TV directly. I see that his platform is, is very parasitic. However, I think the bigger the bigger conversation is why us people are so fueled and so and so infatuated with negativity. To me, that's the bigger thing that I'm always trying to figure out. You know, that's what, and, that, and that's the unfortunate thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, at the end of the day, I'm I'm like, that's what we want. At the same time, like it's a platform to get these people to elevate their status. So that's the positivity. But like this whole idea of, I need to prove that I'm a hood or I need to prove that I'm gangsta is getting too many people in trouble. Hence all the, the rappers that got in trouble these past couple of weeks. Man, it's, it's, it sucks for them. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Do legal activity, please. Please. That's all I ask. Um, I say we move on, though. Shall we? I think so. Next thing we're going to talk about is Playboy Cardi. Whole lot of red album expectations. And we, we say expectations. These expectations, and they've changed, right? They, they've it's taken a year for him or two years to, to drop. What expectations you got on this this album that people are waiting for more than Jesus to come home? But what is your expectations, Sawyer? <laughs> like legit, more people are like, yo, we're 
I'd rather come back, come down to earth. Jesus or Playboy Cardi's whole lot of red album. The polls say a whole lot of red, and it's it's sickening. But sorry, the yeah. polls. What polls are these? Polls being taken by uh, by demons? These polls. <laughs> who, who the hell's taking these polls? What are you talking, are you talking about? about? These are the same polls Donald Trump looks at. Ah, okay. Got it, got it. <laughs> I've seen plenty of polls that say this. <laughs> we we won the election. I have four polls that said I won Michigan. No, bro, you lost. Shaky, very shaky polls I'm referencing. Um what's your expectations? You know what? I don't have much. I'll be real with you. Playboy, Playboy Cardi is not an artist that I go to for uh my musical enjoyment. I think the biggest thing for me is I'm trying to understand why and how Playboy Cardi became such a big, uh, a big artist and somebody who's so heavily demanded. I don't quite understand how that happened. Like I'm, did 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 you ever see this happening when he dropped his his first couple songs, probably like three to four years ago? Like you know, like I remember the the earlier songs that were hits from him, like "Woke Up Like This" with Lil Uzi Vert. I really like that joint, you know, I, I, it's dope. Like he dropped that, he dropped Die Lit 2018. It had a couple of joints that was really good, uh, which overall, I over the years, I've started to understand that people really love that album, Die Lit. People really love like, Die it's Lit. A, it's a cult classic. It's one of those cult classics. And, and it's like, when I look back at it and I listen to the music, I kind of understand, you know, because I don't go to Playboy Cardi and most people don't for lyricism. That goes without saying. But, you know, for the same reasons that people prop up Young Thug, like me, I prop up somebody like a Young Thug because I believe artistically he does things different. He does things his way. He does things in a way that's unorthodox. I think the same argument can be made about Playboy Cardi. I just don't think it's that great, you know, but I see the appeal. I see why people think he's different. Um, and so when it comes to this whole lot of red album that has been teased and, and dragged on for months, if not up to a year, um, I'm not sure what to expect from a project like this. I'm not sure. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not sure what there is to expect. Now, to be safe, and if I'm taking the safe route, of course I would expect more of the same music that I've heard him make, right? The pew, pew, the, the bouncy music that's like really high energy, you know, uh, music that can kind of really get you out of your own element, music that you can mosh pit to, music that's, again, stuff that I expect the production to be very, very different and next level. Because he was working with Pierre, um, what's the guy's name? Pierre. Pierre Bourne. Pierre, Pierre Bourne. Pierre Bourne. He was working with him on his last project, Die Lit. And, um, you know, the last thing I've heard about Playboy Cardi was him wearing a dress on Instagram. I don't know if you saw that. But bro had a, bro was, was looking super feminine on his Instagram post, which you should check out. But that's literally the last thing that I've heard from Playboy Cardi in months. Last I mean, thing I've heard or seen from him in months. He had a baby with uh, Iggy that was in the in the uh, that was in the news 
for a couple weeks. But uh, I think there's a bigger point that I want to, to, to talk about. Uh, and, you know, that's what we do at Elevise Wise Guys. We take something like a Playboy Cardi album, Expectations, and turn it into a bigger point. If you, Uche, were an artist, we can call you Lil Uch or whatever you want to be called, uh, Baby Uch, uh, uh, Notorious UCH, whatever you want to be called. If you are an artist, right, and you care about success more than making music and artistry, would you focus more on your craft or would you focus more on antics or would you focus more on building hype? We're talking about success. Okay, well, I think- a rhetorical question. No, nah, I can answer that. I can answer that. I think everybody will have a different answer, though, which is the beauty of that type of question. I think if you're asking me, um, well, I'm very integrity based. Uh, I try not to I try not to get out of my element. I try not to do things that is not natural. Um, so with that in mind, I would try to find a way to build hype naturally while not being gimmicky or creating this gimmick that's not me i think gimmicks are fun i was just having this conversation with my fiance you know about gimmicks and, and what that means and we were really pointing out a lot of artists specifically women that have gimmicks and some that don't like i i for example going off subject i think what melly is missing is a gimmick i personally believe that I think hmm. the reason why, and I think women in particular, and this is just what I say, I could be completely wrong. I've seen women have to be the ones that have this gimmick more so than dudes. Like it's like to sell a woman in, in sell a woman's music. It seems like the artist and the industry wants a woman to have this thing. There needs to be this one thing that they can really prop up to say, here, look, here's this new age. This here's the new artist. And I feel like I, I, I love Melly's music. I think she makes good music. I think she lacks a gimmick that to me, if she does not develop, is going to unfortunately limit her career uh, and the trajectory of it. So with all that being said, I'm not mad at anybody for not wanting to just come up with this, this, this gimmick that's not natural. I'm about the integrity. I stay to that. That's my answer. Find a way to stay true to yourself Create a gimmick if it's natural, while also trying to create this buzz that comes along with it. To me, those are the things that I like. I don't fuck with antics. I'm not an antic person. Okay. I don't. I'm, I don't like that. I don't like antics. So, so I mean, that's you know, obviously, you know, your personal, how you would go about it. And yeah, you asked me mine. You you asked me no, exactly. what would I do. What you now, would do now? Now, if you ask me what would I do, if the question was. What would I do if I was a rapper trying to blow up today? Yes. That's a different answer. You're going to get a different answer, my brother. Mickey. So, so pretty much. You're going to get a different answer. So my success. So, so what a lot of people don't realize is that hip hop has always been about antics. This is not new. Hip hop has always been about gimmicks. Like you can go back to when 50 Cent first came out, right? 
50 Cent did not really start to blow up until he dropped How to Rob, remember? He starts name calling, just random people he don't even have beef with. Uh, and then when he finally got on, there was the huge wave of like 2000, from 2003 to like 2006, where it was just cool to like beef with people, where if you just dropped a diss record, like people would get, pay attention to you. And then you start getting random people dissing random people for, for absolutely no reason. That to me, I would classify as a gimmick in hip hop. You move forward, um, then other gimmicks started to come about where people were building hype by dressing a certain way. People were building hype by saying certain things, like Lil B, remember Lil B dropped an album called I'm Gay? Like, what was the point of that? It, it was gimmicks. Hip hop has been gimmick based for a very, very long time. And the most recent one, right, Takashi 6ix9ine. Takashi 6ix9ine was one of the biggest gimmicks I've ever seen. Colored hair, dude, picking beats with people. But the problem with hip hop is hip hop rewards gimmicks. Hip hop rewards antics. Takashi 6ix9ine's a, probably a multimillionaire because of his gimmicks. 50 Cent is a multimillionaire for some of the things that he did. He's, he's also a good rapper, but I think it was 50 Cent's, like just his whole persona, just his whole ability to diss people that took him a notch above. Antics and gimmicks in hip hop work. They work. And if I'm an artist that wants to blow up, if I'm an artist that wants money, I'm thinking twice, do I think of a gimmick that I can have that would get people uh, to look at me or do I wanna perfect my craft? Because a lot of people blew up quick because of gimmicks, but how does this pertain to Playboy Cardi? Playboy Cardi, I think, is a part of this whole gimmick of when is my album gonna release? I'm starting to think like behind the scenes, these smart marketers, these smart execs are like, yo, Playboy Cardi, like we're noticing you are building hype by dangling your album out there. You are building social media followers by pretty much saying that whole lot of red's coming and it ain't coming. Same thing J. Cole is doing it. J. Cole said he was going to drop uh, uh, the, the fall off before the end of the year. Like, where is it? Is that the new gimmick in hip hop to tell people you're going to drop an album and it don't ever come out? We sit there just waiting for it. Young Thug most recently did it. I mean, Young Thug said, I'm going to drop, uh, uh, what was it, Slime Season on Black Friday. We all stayed up late at night over here. We stiff armed their family members. We said at 12 o'clock, forget the damn turkey. I'm about to go listen to Young Thug's album. It never came. Kanye West said he was going to drop an album. Donda, oh, it's going to be the hottest album out. It never came. Is this the new gimmick in hip hop to tell people you're going to drop an album and it never comes out? I think, it, I think you're on to something. I think you're on to something. It's possible. You know, we'll never know because they, the, the smart people behind the scenes won't tell you because it would it would show their hand right it would literally be the opposite of what you saying they're trying to do but if we're looking at it that's a great point kanye never dropped donda we remember he never dropped donda it never came out 
and everybody stopped talking about it. Now it's like, we just forgot about Donda. But better believe it, when Kanye is back in music mode, when he's trying to sell something, he gonna start talking about, yo, Donda is on the way. Donda in two weeks. And it will not come out. I don't know if whole lot of red is even coming, period. However, however, I will agree. You might be on to something. It might be the new wave. Because right. think because think about it like this. It does a couple things. It it's obvious. It builds hype, it builds anticipation. How else in a climate like 2020, how trash 2020 has been? How else are people able to generate some hype behind music? People can't tour. Is the, the creativity levels, the things people used to do before is very, it's off. They're not doing it as much. I think actually this is genius. It's genius. It's genius. I mean, however, about- ha- however, 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 if you're somebody who is a true musician like J. Cole, and I would throw Kanye West in there, of course, he's a musician. Kendrick. Kendrick. Although we never really got a confirmed date from Kendrick. So that's a little different. That's a little different. The theme of artists that, telling people they're going to come with, come with something. Hold on, hold on. That's a little different. Kendrick's a little different. He never really gave us a date. He never said I, there's something definitively coming. This is all speculation. But we have heard Donda was coming. Cole said out of his own mouth, uh, uh, the fall off is coming at the end of the year. It's, it's a slippery slope because now, like the conversation we always have about expectations, how do expectations change and impact the way the music is consumed? How? Mm-hmm. It can change it. Mm-hmm. It can change it drastically. So I don't know if the true talented artists really want to play that game Think because about, it can change it a lot, bro. It can change I wanted it. To, I wanted to add like somebody that, that actually was successful doing this method, which by the way, he's actually moving some pretty interesting gimmicks. Lil Uzi Vert. Remember, Eternal Take was teased for months, almost years. It was up to like a year. It was probably a year and a half, actually. Year and a half. Working on it. It's coming. It's coming. And he actually lived up to the hype. I I, I actually think it hyped up the album even more. Yeah. Eternal Take is coming. And then he had the whole deluxe wave, right, which I think is another gimmick. I think it's another antic. People were just like, oh, let's add a deluxe. Like, that, that to me is just a, a, a huge gimmick and everybody's doing it now. Even I people aren't even checking for Like I hate it. I hate it. I but, hate it. I hate it. And we've talked I'm about like, that on the show like, too. Why would I want eight more tracks from Lil' Keed? But like, I don't want eight more Lil' Keed tracks. Wait, you like Lil' Keed? You like Lil' Keed as a person or an artist? Which one? He's cool. Like he, he's tight, but I mean, like, I don't, and this is not a knock on Lil Keed. I just don't, I'm, I'm good with the 15. I don't want 20, 27 Lil Key tracks. But um, I, I will never, I'm saying it on the podcast right now. I will never listen to 27 Lil Key records <laughs> in a row. You better believe if I do do it, I'm going to take hella breaks. I'm taking breaks. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's my, like, it, another album. Remember, this is the one that did it from, this is the very first one, Detox. Detox still hasn't come out. Detox was so hyped Mm. that rappers were using it as a way to brag. People were like, man, remember Lil Wayne was like, 
me and Drake wrote on Detox. Ooh, people are going to clubs telling women that, man, you know I was on Detox, right? <laughs> you know I'm saying like, you should come home with me, man. I wrote on Detox. Like to me, it's, it's pay attention. Stay uh, Yo, that's a, see, 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 you starting to be more ill-advised with your conspiracy takes. You're starting to, see, this is, this is why this show works. I need more conspiracy theories from you, man. Like, this is, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. That's a good one. Use your, use your brain, use your brain. Um, it woke. Yeah, well, I want to know what they, I want to know what the people think, man. But yeah, that's an interesting topic. Whole lot of red. We'll see if it actually drops or not. Probably not. Matter of fact, you know what? Over or under, not over or under, because I'm not a gambler. Uh, wink, wink. Um, what are the chances that you think that that album is coming out this year, 2020? We have, what, two weeks left for the most part. What are the chances? Because supposedly, supposedly, according to DJ Academics, that album is coming on, on, on Christmas Day, supposedly. I mean, you think, I heard, you think it'll happen? I, I was going to say, I, I heard from a very un, unreliable source that, yeah, I mean, like you said, too, uh, it's coming out on Christmas Day. But, you know, it's funny because I just wanted to add, like, I mean, it's it's like a initially I thought his label didn't want to release it right, but then if you look at Playboy Cardi's Twitter, like he says stuff like I have the most loyal fans ever, I have a gift for you, so happy, my album is about to come out, guys, like it's about to drop, and he'll put stuff like Oh my gosh, like it's 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 a plot, like it's it's a ploy, like we 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 falling for it. But um, I think it's I think it's gonna drop before the end of the year. But there's there's absolutely no reason to believe that. But I I'm just guessing that it's going to drop. I could be very wrong. I uh I have a sneaky suspicion it will too. I have a sneaky suspicion. Like I feel like that Christmas week time slot makes perfect sense. Red Christmas. It's a very it's a shot in the dark. I I I don't even know why I'm saying it's going to drop this. I'm not. I will never put money on this. I'm I not, not betting. I would. I, there's no way I'm putting money out. That's how unsure I am. There's no way. There's no way. But not like regular money. Yeah, man. Uh, let's move on, though, man. Last topic we have to talk about is, you know, the the influx of LBGTQ rappers and artists that are coming out in the recent past, whether it's this year. Um, the last few years, and and what that actually means for people, and are people really able to accept that wave of 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 people in that community, really, in our culture? Because I'll put it very bluntly. One thing that I have noticed is the people that have come out and historically. And I mean this in the last few years, right? You have your Frank Oceans, right? It was a big controversy when, when he um when he basically said, I like guys. I can't remember exactly how he rolled that out. I don't know if it was the first time it was in that song for his gump or if he actually said it out of his own mouth. But 
when we heard that that was the case, we had already fallen in love with Frank Ocean's music, right? We, we were bought into him as an artist. We were bought into his music. Same thing with Tyler, the creator. And, I, and by the way, I'm not saying everybody's a huge Frank Ocean fan. I'm not saying everybody's a huge Tyler, the creator fan. Matter of fact, everybody we're going to name, I'm not even saying everybody's a huge fan of them. The point is they have enough of a base to have a flourishing career. Tyler, the creator is another one, right? Flower Boy, he gave people a lot of confusing messages, you know, about his sexuality. He, he, he goes on Funk Flex and flirts with Funk Flex and, 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 and raps about a lot, of, um, a lot of things that would cause people to really say, yo, is Frank Ocean gay? Like, what, what the hell? Like, he, he sounds gay. Like, he, he, now that I look back, like, it caused people to be like, yo, oh, now that I look back on Flower Boy, he, he said a lot of suspect things. Oh, maybe he is gay. It causes the stare, the stare in the in the conversation. I noticed that, but again, with him, out of that same odd future camp from back in the day, another guy who people were already bought in on Tyler the Creator as an artist, he already had enough of a following before he started even dabbling and throwing that out there that he could potentially be gay. Same thing with Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, granted, he was a newer artist, but he had already had a hit number one single on the Billboard charts for God knows how long. And people already bought into him. So they were able to, I feel, and this is my personal opinion, I feel like people were able to more easily digest them coming out and, and really giving their own truth on, at the platform and on the platforms that they have to really say, this is who I am. I think not everyone is, is really fortunate enough to have those experiences as an, as an artist, you know, as, as, a, as somebody as a part of the LBGTQ community. And, and we've seen a bunch, there's a lot of new artists, but I really want to have that conversation with you, Q, and, and really with the people, because do you feel like our culture, the hip hop culture, the black culture, whatever culture we're talking about is ready to openly accept artists out the gate, whether they have a hit single or not, into music, if they are part of the LBGTQ community, man. What do you feel about that? That is a million dollar question, a million dollar question, which, you know, somebody that we we kind of forgot on the list somewhat is Kaylani. Kaylani promotes herself as somebody that's bisexual um, and she actually talks about uh, being with women in her music quite a bit. But um, yeah, that's a million dollar question. I, I don't think we're ready for it personally. Um, but just going back to what I said uh, earlier, like I pray that one day it would just be this, Frank Ocean is just a singer. Uh, Tyler Creator is just a rapper, uh, Sid who's another person that's kind of like an odd future um, uh, uh, affiliate, who's also gay, um, that she's just a singer. Uh, at, this, at this point, you know, if I was census or somebody that takes polls, I want to ask people, what makes you uncomfortable about a gay musician? uh or or a lesbian musician bisexual whatever you want to call it whatever uh label we're referring to uh 
Um, is it the content? Is it you just can't back that person in terms of you don't like them as a person because of what you stand for? Because to me, um, I think for people, the issue they can't get past is possibly hearing content that is not what they stand for personally. Um, and unfortunately, that's a lot of times for these artists, that's their truth. Frank Ocean is telling his truth. Uh, there's like two or three songs on Frank Ocean's album that was so powerful uh, that where Forrest Gump is one of them. And then um, the other one, which by the way, that, that Frank Ocean album is before he announced he was gay. That was a fantastic album to me. I thought the album was great. After he announced that he was gay, that was a fantastic album to me. I thought the album was great. If anything, I thought when he, after he announced he was gay, I thought the album was better. Like I thought the album was even tighter to me because it was a lot more fearless, a lot more courageous in what he was able to do. But I, I, I wonder, because I can't answer that million dollar question. I'm, I'm, my pay grade is not good enough. I wonder if it's the content that makes people uncomfortable. Like possibly listening to uh, Sid's song and hearing that she's talking about a girl or possibly hearing a Frank Ocean song and he's talking about laying up with a guy. Like, does that scare people that are straight? Does that scare people that, um, you know, don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle of somebody that um, prefers the same sex as them? uh it's it's a it's a it's a question i'm I'm very curious to know yeah that's uh that's interesting and um you know we had an interesting conversation with um an up-and-coming rapper named chili as fuck which you guys are gonna you know hear that interview at some point whenever we put it out but um you know we talked to her about you know the the uh the the nuances of being a songwriter and how, you know, is, is, are you intent to make music where you're speaking from a certain perspective, whether, you know, because you're a woman, are you speaking from a woman's perspective? If you're a guy, should you speak from a guy's perspective? Or if you're either, or should you just speak very universally so that you can relate to a lot of people? Um, I think that, yes, the, the content is part of it. It's part of it. However, I think there's a bigger issue and I feel like it's not just the content. I think it's more so the imagery. It's, it's the, it's the, I think people are not ready to, people are not comfortable with identifying or even having people as a part of the LBGTQ community at the forefront because it intimidates people who are uncomfortable with artists that are in that community. Like it's intimidating because there's a, a hell of a lot of a people, a hell of a lot of people who are not comfortable still to this day, right? We, we, we seen every industry of people coming out, you know, like look at the guy in the NFL, uh, what's his name? Uh, something, Michael Sam, remember that guy? Remember mm -hmm. Michael Sam who got drafted in the NFL who was originally supposed to be a second or third round pick. He came out as gay. Before the draft, he got drafted in the seventh round, right? And then he played in the NFL for maybe a year. There is no doubt to me 
that there is an agenda to marginalize and to not allow that community to be a part of the conversation, right? And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because again, we bring up people like Tyler, the creator, bringing up people like Frank Ocean. And it's it, to me, like you said, if we're judging the music, which to me should be at the forefront of the conversation, there's no reason for you or anybody else who has a problem with somebody who is part of the LBGTQ community to tell me that the music is any less quality than what the hell I'm hearing. You feel me? Yeah, you know, you're 100% right. I, I want to talk about something. It was actually me and my, my wife, we talked about it uh, a couple of days ago. It, it, it actually makes me laugh. It's actually kind of funny if you think about it. She was like, because she's an epidemiologist, and she was talking about how um, surveys and things like that are very important. And, you know, in surveys, they ask you what your color you are, your height, whatever. Why is it that we are so infatuated in America with finding out if somebody's gay? Like, you don't go up to somebody and say, oh, I'm a straight man. Do you go up to a woman and say, I'm a straight man? Like, is, do we have to, like, fill out straight when we fill out paperwork? Like, why, what does gay mean, right? Or gay means you like the opposite sex. Is that what all life is about? Is life only about what type of person you like? There's so much more about life. Like, in the end of the day, an NFL player, we don't care what you decide to do outside of the NFL. Like, why does you, whoever you decide to like, what does that have to do with the music, your talent? What does that have to do with you as an artist, as a sports person? It's so funny. It's like, it's almost like so, all these people that are homophobic assume that once you find out somebody's gay, they're going to make a move on you. Like, as if they're super horny people that every single second, they're just looking at you weird or they're, they're attracted to you every single second. Like, that's life. Like, 99% of the time, I'm thinking about what I want to do to somebody. That's not life. Like, yeah. to, if anything, somebody shouldn't, and I feel I feel for, for, for gay people, somebody shouldn't have to tell people they're gay all the time. Somebody shouldn't have to always tell somebody they're gay. Why do I have to know what, Bro. what who you go after? Take it, it a I, step, take it, I'll take it a step further. When you say they shouldn't have to always, they should never have to disclose their sexual um, preference. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it should not that again, but see, if you think about it, that's going to the bigger point of there is this notion that you are lesser than. I don't agree with that. Cause to me, it has nothing to do with anything. Right. We talk about music right on this show all the time. I'll give you another example. You don't watch the show, but power, right? Power is back on. They got power book two. uh, the story of Ghost, and there's a character in there who looks just like Zion Williamson, by the way. Y'all know, who, if you watch probably y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. He's dating, on the low, he's dating one of Mary J. Blige's sons who is also secretly gay. So they got this secret relationship going on that only the family knows about, but the dude that looks like Zion who plays on the basketball team, 
No one knows that he's gay. And the dude, his lover, is is basically getting on him, telling him, yo, why don't you just let everybody know you're gay? And the, and the dude is like, no, because my, my NBA hopes would be destroyed. Like, I'm trying to get to the NBA, and if I let this shit out now, my career, my aspirations are, are completely shattered. And that's a fucked up place to be in, man. That's a fucked up situation and, and dilemma that we have to put people in just because their sexual orientation. So tying this back to the music, it sucks that people are part of that community have to even have to even uh, have that at their mind. Like, damn, you know, like if 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 I let people know this, it might fuck up my career trajectory, you know, so let me hold that in. Let me not walk around proudly with the person that I really want to be with. It sucks that we've done that, but I don't know what we can change. It just takes people more open minded. You know, it takes people like Pete Buttigieg, the guy who ran for president, right? Takes more people like him to to really have the courage to come out here and let people know, yo, like you can run for president if you're gay. Who gives a fuck, right? And and to me, I would have no fucking problem with it because once again, and I'll keep saying this to the cows come home. I don't know who even came in up with that with that damn phrasing, but whatever. Everybody know what the hell that means. Your or your 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 sexual preference should not dictate the artistry that you are putting out. It, in fact, has nothing to do with it except tell your story, which does not dictate your singing ability. It doesn't dictate the, the way you're able to rap. It doesn't dictate your production skills. Like, what if we found out that your one of your favorite producers was gay? Does that change the feeling that the song gave you when it came on? It shouldn't, right? Well, for some ignorant people, it will. And that's the problem with people. They tie these things that have nothing to do with creativity to sexual preference, and they're just completely unrelated, man. And it's unfortunate. It really is. It's weird because it's it's super weird. You know, we're so quick to embrace music like, you know, that talk about guns, but then we're like, I don't got guns. I don't own guns. I don't shoot people. We're quick to embrace music about drugs. But then when you find out somebody's gay and that their possible love song that they made is about uh, somebody that is the same sex as them, it's the, it's the worst thing ever. I cannot, oh my God, this is crazy. It's, it's like, to me, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's funny. I think it's funny. And unfortunately, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I see progression in the way people think but I don't see it changing anytime soon. I will say this, let's, let's not be naive though. It does change things knowing that the artist is gay. Like for instance, when I listen to a Sam Smith song, what changes to me is I like to put images to, you know, sometimes some nice songs. Like obviously I try not to put images to like violent music, <laughs> but like to nice songs. And when they talk about like, you know, love and stuff like that. Now you envision, okay, like two dudes or two, a, a girl. And so I, I view Sam Smith's music differently, Frank Ocean music differently, but it's not like crazy, you know, like to me, it's not like I'm, I'm not going to listen to the music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We hope you guys enjoy that combo. I mean, we want to hear what you guys have to think, obviously, you know, on social media, you see us in the street. Well, 
if you're in the street and I'm in the street, which you shouldn't be in the street because everybody should be in the house. But let us know what you guys think about this convo um, and really the show, man. We appreciate you guys for sticking around. If you guys stuck around this long, yo, thank you. Really, thank you so much. Check this out. Check this out. We on Twitter, uh, QDZ for Sheezy, I believe. Is that my Twitter? You know what? I'm going to figure out my Twitter name right now. Let me actually figure this out. Bro, uh, you know your Twitter. Stop I, lying I, to the people. I be forgetting. I be forgetting. I'm, I'm tired of you acting at, like you don't know your Twitter. At QDZ for Sheezy. Check me out on there. I know I have a struggling amount of followers. It, it does not. I want people to know this. It doesn't embody how good we're doing. <laughs> pay attention to the followers on Twitter. I, I, I'm weird on social media. But um, Twitter, <laughs> uh, ratings game, music, great site. Very, very good site. Uh, IG, uh, check us out on all the platforms, the, the streaming platforms. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Ill-advised Wise Guys podcast, streaming in a earphone or TV near you. As always, if you're giving advice, make sure it is ale. Hey, look, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. Bow! <laughs>